Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast and to our theology segment. One of our listeners writes in today and they have a great, great question. The question is this, what is the book of Enoch and should it be in the Bible? The book of Enoch is any of several falsely attributed texts whose claimed authorship is attributed to Enoch, who was a great grandfather of Noah. Enoch is one of only two people, Elijah being the other, in the word of God who were taken up to heaven without dying. The book of Enoch is quoted in Jude 14 through 15. And Jude's quote is, is not the only quote in scripture that is from a non-biblical source, such as Titus 1-2, it quotes epitomies. Quoting extra-biblical revelation does not mean that we should give it biblical authority to either Enoch or epitomies. It's interesting to note that no biblical scholar believes that the book of Enoch to be written by Enoch or the, of the scriptures. Uh, you see, Enoch was seven generations from Adam before the flood and prophesied about the men before the flood. Such a saying of Noah was handed down by tradition and recorded in the book of Enoch. There, there is some debate on whether uh, Jude was quoting Jude 14, the apocryphal book of Enoch, or something else. But whether that's true or not, the quote from Enoch does not affect the inspiration of Scripture. It doesn't mean that the early church removed Enoch because of internal inconsistencies. As we'll soon discover here today in this show, this theology segment, the book of Enoch was not considered scripture by the early church. While there was some discussion surrounding it being included in the canon by a few people, the early church did not put it in the Bible. Jude quotes something true in Enoch, but this doesn't mean the Lord inspired Enoch. Furthermore, Paul quotes epitomies in Titus 1.12, but this doesn't mean that epitomies was inspired either. The period between the Old and New Testament was marked by international upheaval. One example of this was the Maccabean Revolt around 164 BC, which ended the tyrannical reign of Antiochus IV, who defiled the Jerusalem temple. Israel then enjoyed independence from foreign rule, which continued until 63 BC, when the Roman general Pompey made Palestine part of the Roman Empire. During the intertestamental period, the prophets were silent. Now, during this time, the Jews continued to produce religious works, such as the Deuterocanonical books. Many of those, like 1st and 2nd Maccabees, are included in the canon of Scripture by the Roman Catholic Church. Many other works, though, were produced at this time. They're never recognized as inspired, even though they're used as devotional lays by some Jews. One example of these devotional lays is the Testament of Moses, which is most likely the source for Jews' description of the fight over Moses' body in Jude 9. Now, now Jude's use of the non-inspired material does not mean he recognized the works he cited as wholly inspired. Under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Jude included portions of these sources in his inspired letter. Biblical truth finds its origin in the Lord God himself. Christians do not need to be dismayed that Jude quotes from non-inspired sources. Jude, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, was able to discern truth from error, which is why his letter, as with all scripture, is authoritative. The Old Testament has 39 books, of which the apostles and the early church fathers quoted and firmly believed. The early church held to a high view of the Old Testament, unlike those who later in church history did not. And early Christians believed that they were following in the footsteps of a Savior 
whose message universally called all the humanity to repentance and faith in him. In this context, the early church carried the message of Jesus, a message that centered on Christ, who was crucified, risen, victorious, and exalted. It was through him that the early church would rise from the ashes of Roman civilization and become a dominant force on the scene of world history. You see, no other figure in church history shines as brightly as Athanasius. Athanasius was born in uh, 295 AD. He quick rose quickly through the ranks of the Alexandrian church. He became a personal assistant to the bishop. It was there at the council of, uh, he was there at the council of Nicaea in 325 AD. Athanasius was the first to recognize what is now known as the, the 27 books of the, of the New Testament. The first list of the 27 books in the New Testament appears in 367 AD in a letter written by Athanasius, Bishop of Alexandria. It was not until that, that, that date that uniform agreement on the list was found among all teachers in the Catholic Church. Around the end of the second century, most of the 27 books of the New Testament were accepted by the Catholic Church and they were placed uh, alongside the Jewish scriptures. See, the word canon means to stand or to rule. The canon is a list of authoritative and inspired scripture. In, in Protestant Christianity, the canon is the body of scripture that constitute the 39 books of the Old Testament and 27 in the New. You see, Christians should treat the book of Enoch and other books like it in the same way that we do with other apocryphal writings. Some of what the Apocrypha says is correct and right, but much of what it says is historically inaccurate. So if you decide to read these books, you may read them as an interesting novel containing interesting stories from history, but you may not read them as the inspired and errant, infallible, clear, and authoritative word of God. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.